Greetings, fellow citizens. This is fake Mayor Mike Duggan with an important public service announcement. There is absolutely no doubt about it. The No BS News Hour is 100% on point and accurate, which is why I, fake Mike, implore you to completely ignore it. I mean, seriously, people, why waste an hour of your precious week listening to hard-hitting facts that expose the real truth when you could be attending any one of my 67 weekly press conferences and ribbon cuttings? So remember, if you want the straight bullshit, come see me. And if you want no bullshit, you can listen and watch that other guy on the No BS News Hour. Which is why I'm here to remind you, avoid, ignore, simply do whatever it takes to stay just the way I like you, bamboozled. Live from downtown Detroit, it's No BS News Hour with my main man, Stoney! And now, Merry Christmas, everybody, from atop the historic American Coney Island building in the heart of downtown Detroit at Michigan and Lafayette. You know, it's the originator, the home, the only Coney dog to be had. Go nowhere else. Go nowhere else. Or you can go to AmericanConeyIsland.com and have them delivered oh, to your door. Even better. Right? Yeah. But l- let me make a correction there. I'm not even here. This isn't live. <laughs> this is the holidays. I, I don't want to be here. Wait, am I here? We're not here. No bullshit. Don't lie. You're right. We're not here. Fucking red. So, Mark, take me out of here. Take me away. Make me dissolve. My voice is still here, but I'm not here. Also remember that American Coney Island is not the only friend of the show. XG Service Group, Business IT, Internet, VOIP, Wi-Fi design and installation, security systems, digital menu boards, drive-through systems. Call Matt Yaskovitz at 734-245-4100. Get her done. And, uh, you know, everybody's driving. It's the holidays. Or you're just at home and you don't want to listen. You're on the toilet, whatever you're doing. <laughs> right? This is the best stuff. This is the stuff you haven't heard or you heard you want to hear again. It's, uh, well... It's stuff I've heard multiple times, and I want to hear it again. Yeah, I, I, Seriously. I don't even know what we're doing here, but I do know <laughs> we're starting with the border. Yeah. Our recent trip to the border, it's all in the news now, but this is all you really need to know. Eh? Perfect. And, of course, that was brought to you by Luke Nowacki, that trip. Thank you, Luke. Call my friend Luke at Pinnacle Wealth for rational independently tailored financial advice 248-663-4748 without further ado orderly what am i doing in the middle of the rio grande with an ex-con from nicaragua named elvis a guy who can't swim let's go back about an hour or so where the smugglers live and the migrants who've been deported for whatever reason. And when they're deported, they come back and they end up in this no man's hellhole. All this gets rented to them is part of the price. It's a very dangerous place. It's 100 yards from the United States and they're just waiting to jump. And it's about ready to get worse. Elvis Moses Moncada stands on a bluff staring greedily into America. 
He describes himself as an out-of-work laborer who served five years in the federal pen for sedition against the Ortega regime. Thus, he says, he is a political refugee. Porque no Mexico. Mexico. It's difficult for paper. I see. Two years, three years. So he knows that the papers are difficult to get here and there's not a lot of work. It's easier to be there. The papers are difficult, but they're not putting you on. It's easy to find work. So everybody knows. Dude, this is what he's got left in his life. Today's pesos. Out of money and out of luck, Elvis will have to cross the river himself. The problem is Elvis can't swim. He watches a group go from the bluff and makes up his mind to go for it. Right now? Right now, he said. We follow. A surly Mexican official tries to stop us. But he has no power. Texas. Texas. I have to go with them and he has my business. They will, they will pick me, I will go. This is not correct, my friend. He says that's not correct. That's true. But nothing is correct here. About 2,000 migrants cross in this sector every day of every week. And now with the expiration of Title 42, the COVID policy of returning asylum seekers to Mexico set to expire. Hundreds of thousands more are expected to flood these banks. Meanwhile, in the gurgling waters of the Rio Grande, Elvis makes his way. The river's escarpment is lined with concertina wire and garbage from tens of thousands before him. About a quarter mile beyond is a great iron fence, but it's useless. Asylum seekers like Elvis need only touch American soil. Elvis scrambles up the riverbank, steps over the razor wire, and before he can gather his bearings, the Texas National Guard is waiting for him as patiently as an Uber driver to shuttle him to his new life. Turn on your phone! Yes, sir. How's it over there? 300 at the Thank you. There's 300 at the orchard. Oh, that's cool. Take the dirt road towards the river. When it tees off, take a right, and you'll go towards the corner of a train fence. There we go. Wow! Okay. There's a chain link fence, not necessarily a border wall, but it's just a, you know, chain link fence. But they cross a little upriver of here. They walk down this trail, come in and turn themselves in to the agents here. That's that truck that they loaded them all in. Yeah, here's what I learned. They're all from Cuba. Right along the fence, they came in from uh, Nicaragua, made their way up, and I said, where'd you cross? They go, there. I go, who led you? Nobody. Yep. Look, remember I said when you get over here, you would find the spot? Yeah. You see it? You see that little opening in the brush on the Mexican side? Yeah. That's the crossing spot. <laughs> 
In the last two years, how, how many people have made their way into the United States? Well, I think last year was over two million. And the year before that, I think just under two million. And then you have the unknown number of people that are got away that we have no idea that got away. And then you look at the people that are overstaying visas. I mean, that, that 11 million number of illegals in the United States is, is just a fantasy. And how did they come? They just swim across or in some places walk across. Uh, they're from Cuba, Cuba, Venezuela, Poland, Nicaragua, you name it. It's not just Central and South America. I mean, there, there's guys from Romania. There's guys from um, you know, some of the, uh, the Arab countries. You name it. We, we see it. Nicaragua. Guatemala. No. Cuba, Nicaragua, Honduras. Guatemala. Para Todo. Tractor. Good luck, brother. And why do they choose this sector? It's not as violent on the Mexican side. It's not as dangerous. They don't have the, the cartel problem like they have in the, uh, the area directly south from us. There's a big problem. Laredo, same way, big problem. Here, it's the, the cartels are somewhat under control on the Mexican side, so it's safer for them to cross. So you have a, a gang war in your sector? Yes. And what are, the, what are the cartels? The Gulf Cartel and the Zetas. And they've figured out that this is worth more than drugs? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is worth way more than drugs. I mean, you look at the average person pays seven to 10000 across, and that's just from the Central American countries. And you look at South Americans pay ten to fifteen. And then anywhere off the continent, twenty to twenty-five thousand ahead. And when they come here, you don't have to pay that last bit, which is you bring yourself over yeah. over where you're at. Yeah, where we're at, everybody that crosses pays an extra tax to the cartels. Because that state, Coahuila, yeah, Coahuila, is doing a good job fighting the cartel. The southern states aren't helping, and the federal government, like ours, is ineffective. Yeah. And on this side, they do a good job. They keep the violence down. It's a small town, and yet they get overwhelmed. Yeah. New York complains about a thousand a month, and we have a thousand a day. Yeah. Two thousand a day. Yeah. This right here is probably three, three fifty, right here. And this sector is fifty miles long. Yeah. Before, when you had President Obama, it was somewhat high. When President Trump took over, it was about the same numbers. It did remain in Mexico, where they would have to go back to Mexico and and wait for uh, their asylum claim to be heard. That means people other than Mexicans. Yes. Mexicans go well, even back. Even Mexicans, if they were claiming asylum, would have to go back to Mexico and wait for That it. was new. Yes. And then when they did away with that and they put it back in place, it didn't all come back in place, only partially came back in place. And then you have countries that have protective status that can't go back because of whatever reason. And this is the result. <laughs> That in the meantime, probably a mile downstream, they're probably running a bunch of dope because all our people are tied up over here with this shit. That's why they send them big groups. And if we ever got back to enforcing, I mean, you look at the stats, you compare the stats from two years ago, 10 years ago of drug loads to now, almost nothing. And it's not that they stopped moving dope. They just stopped getting caught. To me, the hardest part is seeing stuff like this, the little kids' shoes, because you know that they brought little kids on, on this trip. And anything can happen to these kids. If, if you know, they slip out of their mom's arms, they're, they're done. You know, 
they're not going to be able to swim across. Yeah. And you see nothing but tiny little shoes and bottles and kids' toys. And to me, that's the that's that's the kicker right there. I think that's what gets most agents is seeing that stuff. It's it's frustrating. We shouldn't be having to deal with this. I mean, we have laws in place that that nobody follows, and everybody knows they're not going to get enforced. And this is the this is the result. Now, unfortunately, you have a lot of people that don't make the journey to completion. Either they fall somewhere along the ways in uh, on the Mexican side, or they they don't make it on the U.S. side. If they're trying to get away, they end up dead in a ranch somewhere from dehydration or a snake bite. And it happens way too way too too many times than than it needs to, and a lot of times it's children. Somebody's immigration documents. What the fuck? Their little pass to get through Mexico. Yeah, remember I was telling you you could learn a lot of coming through here and the shit you learn, like where they're coming from and who they are, and, and that's without even going through the pockets. This person here is from Venezuela, and this one is. Venezuela as Venezuela well. Venezuela as well. And so what they do is they come over to Nicaragua. They cross into Mexico and the government, the Mexican government mm-hmm. gives them a 30-day travel document here yeah. in Chiapas, southern part of the country. Yep. And then they make their way up here. You got 30 days. Yeah. To so get they, they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in here is a solution. You don't think we could get the Mexican government like the state government officials in Mexico want, at least the border states, get it together, come up with some kind of solution of a bum rush on the southern border of Mexico where people are taking kickbacks and issuing these. you got 30 days to cross this river. There's an easy solution. And if we want people in, we can simply send them documents where instead of flying to Nicaragua, you can fly to Dallas if you wanted to do it. This is not necessary. As you know, you saw my recent report, Elvis from Nicaragua, yes, Elvis, has entered the country. And in the spirit of the holiday, I want to wish my new friend a Merry Christmas. And Señor, esta canción es para ti, amigo. una Navidad
ya estás bien con tu blanco navidad Triste, triste, triste Navidad Gracias muy mucho, amigos yeah, Bravo, bravísimo Hello. Hi, Ma. Hi, honey. What's up? I just called you with some good news. Okay, I could use some. The federal government is going to give you an 8.7% cost of living increase for your Social Security. So I thought that'd make you happy. Could make me a damn bit happy. What? I said it doesn't make me a damn bit happy. It's free money, Ma. What are you talking about? You're a pensioner, you know, struggling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely obscene. And what the hell's the matter with people? What are you Every time about? I hear this crap, it reminds me of years ago when, you know, it made news that uh, Castro gave every Cuban a rice cooker. Um, big damn deal. You, you know, the economy is tanking. And, and, you know, folks like me, we have kids and grandkids. And well, what the hell's the matter with these people? If I have that kind of sense, certainly these clowns must have it. So, I guess so. What, what the hell is a vote worth, right? So you don't want the money? No, I don't want the money. If this is what it takes, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of a loaded question, Charlie. I, everybody, you know, stick a, stick a couple hundred bucks in front of them. Most of us take it. At what cost? You know, that, 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 that's just a systemic problem with this shit. At what cost? You know, know, and... and a lot of people think it through, some don't. It's just, oh, goody, goody, gumdrops, got a few more bucks. Uh, cut the inflation, cut the shit they're doing. They wouldn't have to issue this. Uh, sorry? Honey, I can't. I, I'm getting a feedback. What are you doing? Who, me? Yeah, but anyway, it's just, it's just, you know, so they, they push you into a corner. Uh, you know, the basic things that you need are going through the roof. And isn't it sweet? These clowns are going to uh, reimburse you partially with other people's money, with money we don't even have. You might well, as well get out the damn Monopoly board. I'm not sure I'm even going to get Social Security, and apparently I'm going to have to pay for that. So maybe maybe uh, I can come over this weekend. We can go to the Ram's Horn or something, and you can buy? Yeah, yeah, but yeah exactly, sure. Thank you. You know, the Last Supper. Thank you, Uncle Sam. Okay, Ma, i got to go. The show is starting. I love you. I love you, honey. Take care. How are the people? I'm hoping that we got baby Jesus and Detroit Red reporting from... Hippie I, Jesus. I, well, Bernie called him baby. He's okay. got all kinds okay. of names. Uh, there, there we go. We got uh, comedian Detroit Red reporting from the heart of Detroit City. Red, what do we got, man? What's, what's the temperature uh, in the dollar store? Dead. Inflation has killed the dollar store because ain't shit in here barely a dollar no more. Show, show me, what do we got on the shelves there, bro? What do we got? Well, we're in aisle five here, and uh, we found some interesting things. First, I think, I, I, I hate to say this, but I think I found where Lafayette got to, gets their chili from. One buck. It's one of the only things that's still a dollar in the dollar store. 
Come on down now. Like, you know, inflation has hit the dollar store bad. Remember back in the day you could get a pack of ramen noodles? Where, where, where's the ramen noodles at? Ramen right? noodles. Ramen, ramen, I'm, they so damn high now, who cares? You shouldn't eat them anyway. <laughs> you know, they're they, they, they so, they so expensive now. Like, you can't even They're bother. Sorry. You don't got no time to round off your lips to ramen. <laughs> it's like Raymond. Fuck it. I ain't got no time to pronounce it right. Well, well, actually, as I'm looking at this, they, 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 we, we don't even care. <laughs> 40, 45 cent for one pack now. That used to be two packs. You could survive two days off of it. Now, with the inflation... This is one day's worth of eating here. One meal, 45 cents. That's news you Nothing can use. Nothing in here is really a dollar. Now, 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 the candy aisle, we went down the candy aisle, which, you know, was cool. A lot of that is still a dollar, but there's no sustenance there. Anything else, you're paying over a dollar fifty. So inflation has killed the dollar store. We've seen a few people in here. I remember at the first of the month, the dollar store would be crowded like a Christmas line to sit on Santa's lap. This son of a bitch is like a ghost town. I also noticed, uh, Red, that the, the shelves are kind of bare. I never noticed the dollar store's shelves being bare. What, what I believe is, is, is happening is, is demand and, 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 you know, everything ain't a dollar no more. So can't carry a f- store full of stuff that people can't afford to purchase. Hmm. What's kind of tight. I ended up coming to the dollar store to start grocery shopping because if uh, food keeps going up the way it is, this is where I will be doing all my grocery shopping at. See, forgive me for being privileged, but I didn't know people actually shopped at the dollar store. I thought like you would get like, you know, uh, Halloween decorations, maybe some. Uh, it's very suburban of you, Charlie. So, you know, some some bunion <laughs> yeah. medicine. You know, but there are people that there are people that shop. The dollar store is always good to run and get, you know, like things that you just. Where'd you hear that? Things. What do you mean? I mean, where'd you hear that? You've never been in a dollar store in your life. I, I, I love the, to the uh, dollar do, store. Do I look like the kind but of But I'm going to tell you this, though. I love the dollar store. The dollar store that Red is in now is not a very good dollar store. Well, the better ooh. the better dollar store for Bougie. dollar store stuff <laughs> dollar store is the snob. one down on Joseph Campo in Jefferson next to the, Wait a minute. Breaking news. Breaking news. Wait, hold on let a minute. We have breaking news, Red. Red, hold on. Hold the thought. Hold the thought, Red. Breaking news. Where's this said Shangri-La of dollar stores, Karen? <laughs> I wouldn't call it that, but it's a better dollar store. I mean, you know, if you need where, where is it? Where is it's it? It's on Joseph Combo and East Jefferson. Breaking news. That's Joseph that's Combo and East Jefferson. Get on down there. Get on down there. <laughs> Joseph Combo and East Jefferson, which is just down the way from where yes. Red is. It's west of where Red is. It ain't nothing but a $2 bus ride, and you get a transfer. <laughs> I no charge. Another breaking news. Another breaking news. <laughs> we actually this. stopped at that. We actually stopped at that dollar store first, <laughs> but because things were a dollar twenty nine, somebody oh. broke in to steal all the shit. So it's closed right now. Really? Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Again, the inflation, the inflation, the inflation. Even our reporter won't go into that dollar store. And I bet somebody got hit on the head with a hammer out that out over there, man. What was compo? No, no, I don't. It looks like it was a uh, smash and grab, which at I the don't dollar understand store? what the hell. 
at the dollar store. I don't understand but why you was. You know what they the did? They the smashed my store. skull and grabbed my underpants. No, that's Charlie. I mean, we're, we're laughing about it, but that's where people are right now, where you're smashing and grabbing yes. in a dollar store. People are doing what they have to do to survive. I mean, so we're making a joke about it, but that's a, that's a reality. Except for where Red's at, because nobody's there and there's yeah, no fucking soup on, a, the, on the shelf. That's not a good dollar store. Then, then on top of this, uh, you don't come out to the east side dollar stores after the sun go down if you're smart. <laughs> like this is true man and, Zach or not and never get <laughs> never get your gas at night and especially on state fair in woodward right red never, right. <laughs> never get Sorry. your gas at night no. okay red For real been- gas up before daylight daytime nighttime shit you know what the hell i'm saying yeah. Oh, yeah. well dude we, we got a guy on the on the line from philly and we got a guy on the line from oakland you want to compare notes with these dudes do they have dollar stores out there I don't know. Red's the reporter, not me. They, they, they don't sound like, do you guys have dollar stores? They, they don't look like they go to dollar stores. Them BJ's and Sam's Club shoppers right there. <laughs> BJ's is terrible. Been once. Look at that. Benny's so broke, he can't even afford yeah. a voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, what happened there? I think he's still muted. Look here. Yeah, the shit that went up in the dollar store so much. I'm about to go up here and see what a layaway plan look like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Red. I've a couple of items in here I want. I just can't afford right now, so I'm gonna give them a couple of dollars to hold them for me. Red, we got an election coming <laughs> in five days. Your final thoughts? We're talking nursing homes. We're talking. We're talking crime. We're talking inflation. Put in perspective. Uh, would you? Would you hear what? What? What's the vibe? What's the vibe on the east side of Detroit? The vibe that I'm getting from folks is, is they hope somebody really step up and campaign on some shit that makes a difference. Because a lot of the stuff we've been hearing coming out of the people that campaigning really ain't talking about nothing that's important to us right now. These high ass gas prices, high ass food prices, all this stuff. That that That's what the vibe is. Who do we vote for? Nobody's really talking about the real issues. Well, like Benny said earlier, everybody's reciting talking points and that's what we, you know, they stand on the, the press release and, and the talking points and that's not resonating with the average person. So we'll say this, we'll, we'll throw it away, we'll, uh, th- you know. Just Raymond throw- Noodle, 50 cent a pack is getting ramen. desperate out here. They, it just ramen, went up a ramen. penny. It was 49 cents a minute ago, now it's 50. <laughs> this inflation is like the debt clock in fucking Times Square. The fuck, Red? Start shoplifting, man. Stuff some shit in your pants. No. Oh shit, we got to go, baby Jesus. He, they about to call the police. They been oh, watching they, oh, no, no, keep it on. Keep, keep it on. Keep it on. Keep it on. We got police. There ain't no police coming, man. No. Not. I'm surprised they let him stay in there that yeah. long. You could shoot baby Jesus in the parking lot. Ain't no police coming, man. Oh, they don't got don't a con- They don't got a contract yet. Why would they come? This when, is true. When you work in a dollar store where a lot of people not coming, you just want your day to end. You don't want to be dealing with fat. Just go over there and film whatever you want. Just don't be bothering me. Well, it's getting so dark, too, Red. They were very gracious. Well, it's getting dark, too, so you be careful as well. Hey, Red, uh, do me a favor. Like, just over your right shoulder, looks like it's spam. Is that spam or tuna? We, we, we peeped that. Spam? For, see, if you want to really treat yourself to some elegance, you can get a <laughs> yeah. single slice oh, yeah. of spam for a, a dollar. single slice of Wait, spam? Wait, whoa, whoa. What? Single slice of spam? A single slice. For a dollar fifty. Whoa! A single slice. Slice of spam for a buck fifty. How much is the can, bro? 
Three fifty. I can see the price. That ain't a dollar. No, nothing in there is a dollar. Red, red, do me a favor, man. Shop bit me some spam, and I'll see you in a minute, man. Come on back to the studio. <laughs> to the penthouse. Karen, Mark, do yes. you know on November 15th, the Earth officially became home to a record 8 billion people? That's a lot of people, Charlie. That's, some people would say it's too many people. That's, it's too many people. It's too hot. It's filthy. I want to welcome in Les Knight in Portland, Oregon, of all places. Of course, it's Portland. Les is the founder of the Voluntary Human Extinction Movement. <laughs> okay. Now, Les, what, what is that? Is that like, is, are you encouraging suicide or forced birth control? What, what's go, mass murder? What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's what usually people think about right away. Well, uh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we are the alternative to uh, the involuntary human extinction, which our uh, over-industrialized civilization is working so hard to bring about. Are we at that point, Les? Should we we all stop humping each other? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope we can avoid it. Uh, If we do turn the uh, population growth around and begin to shrink, We're increasing by about 225,000 a day. And if we were shrinking by that much, simply by not uh, producing as many offspring, then things would get slowly, little by little. They would improve. We clean up our messes as we go. And uh, it could be a a better world for everyone. Unless you had a vasectomy at the age of 25. So this is not something personal. It was in the New York Times story. <laughs> so this is something that you committed to, you know, I mean, you look to be about 30, so for at least five years. So tell me how this all came about at such an early age. At 25, um, most young men aren't thinking about how not to reproduce. Well, I, I think most of us were trying to figure out how to not to get someone pregnant, but, you know, but not permanently. You know, the best uh, we, we could do, we're, we're so happy that uh, the pill came along uh, in the 60s. So that's 1973. You did the clip clip. You don't have any kids. 1973, that was 50 years ago. And the population was exactly half. It was it was four billion fifty years ago. And also in nineteen seventy-three was the release of the movie Soylent Green, which is a futuristic dystopian movie about life in twenty twenty-two of all years, right? Yeah. And it stars Charlton Heston and it's New York and it's really awful and only the rich people can afford strawberry jam and everybody else has to eat this green sort of tofu pill of protein called Soylent Green. Did you see the movie Soylent Green and decide to get a vasectomy? No, no, I, I didn't see I it until I later. This is a fun movie, though. Okay, but, wait uh, a whole. let's play the clip. <laughs> Charlton Heston at his best. They're making our food out of people. Next thing, they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Promise, Tiger, I promise. I'll tell the exchange. Tell everybody. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them. Silent breed is people. We gotta stop them somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler is fifty years old. <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you see the sequel? Last, did you see Soylent Green too? 
No, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, it goes something like this. Soylent Green! It's still made out of people! <laughs> All right, I got another question. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about the, the, the meteor shower parties on your rooftop uh, with fireworks and your long-running game of nude croquette in your yard. Nude croquet? Be careful. Well, yeah, careful. when was the last time you played croquet? I was a kid. Yeah, and I wasn't, and I wasn't nude. nude? <laughs> oh, you missed out. Yeah, you missed out on Les's uh, hammer and and balls, yeah, his know. mallet and balls. <laughs> really, nude cro croquet? Nude croquet? And Why would it... you put clothes on to play croquet? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> because there's mallets. <laughs> no, you interrupt your swing. <laughs> Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. That is why you would want clothes, because when you swing the croquet, you don't want anything in the way. The, the, well, the mallet, when you swing the mallet. Yeah, that's just... I think it's just a reason to be nude, Les. That's okay, just say that. Well, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get the balance here. Right. <laughs> We're waiting, Les. Go ahead and answer that one. What? You're a free spirit. That's what it is. Yeah, just say that. Uh, he's a free spirit. He's an interesting and cool dude. I like this I guy. have no problem with that. Just admit being nude is more important than the croquet. Now, you're also a substitute teacher. Do you teach class nude? I mean, why wouldn't you? It's cold in those school buildings. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you can't. I, I, now, I have in my dreams, of course, but uh, that's what? a whole other matter. No. Dream. Not even yeah. going there, man. Nightmare. All right. So, Les, um, I, I know you got to go. You got to teach class. You got your tweet code on. The, the classroom's cold today. Leave the audience with one grand thought as, as we just look at the world adrift here. Yes, uh, there is a great change afoot. Many, many young people, uh, maybe as many as 50%, it, it depends on the poll you look at, are choosing not to procreate. And so they will be able to use their free time uh, rather than raising offspring to uh, help make the world a better place. And also, there's a potential that uh, the growth rate, uh, well, the growth rate is uh, slowing, but the number of people hasn't slowed yet. And that will make a big difference, especially if we go into negative uh, population growth. But the first thing that's necessary is reproductive freedom. Everybody needs the ability to not procreate. And that's last night, the founder of the Voluntary Human Extinction Movement and Nude Croquetist. <laughs> thanks, yep. thanks for being with us, Les. Now, now I'm standing at the former residence of uh, Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, who bought it from the land bank. For a mere $12,000. The law says if you don't have it occupied in six months, the city take it back. They didn't take it back from him. They let him sell it to some murky LLC down there in Florida for over $200,000 and let him pocket the money. The law also says if you make a profit on it, you got to split it with your city. But the city made up a rule saying, well, since he put 200 in, he didn't make anything. All right. I said, what about the LLC? Don't they got to fix it up? They said, this is two years ago, we're satisfied with the progress. Man, they ain't even walls in this shit. They ain't no why. This is how Gilchrist left it. Courts collapsing. This shit ain't, oh my God. Whoops. Mr. Gilchrist, you got some splaining to do. Careful, don't fall through the door, bro. 
Well, look at the back door. They secured it all right. With a piece of plywood and a piece of lumber to fucking hold it up. Wow. This is how the connected stay connected, how the rich get rich. Shame. And one more question, Mr. Gilcrest. How did you find this LLC out of Florida? I don't believe I ever saw a listing for this house. Know what I'm saying? Answer the question. I told you. I told you I wasn't going to drop the situation. The rest of us got to abide by the law. Ooh. Fucking hole in the all the way. That's dangerous as shit. I can see all the way down in the basement. Well, if you can't be a slumlord, you know what they say. Plan B, Lieutenant Governor. Kids live next door, man. Come on, bro. It was all the bullshit. Look at it. I drove my cigarette out, but I don't want to like the place so far. What's the difference? Okay, ready? ready? What's the difference between a lieutenant with the Detroit Fire Department and the lieutenant governor of the state of Michigan? Hmm. Do tell, Charlie. The politician sleeps in comfortable hotels while he's on the road, and the firefighter sleeps in the backseat of his car with his children on the side of the road. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Shall I? Now, shall I explain? Please do. Okay, I reported, as you remember last week, the details of that pungent real estate deal in the name of Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist II. In short, the deuce bought a fixer upper from the Detroit Land Bank Authority when he was an employee with the city of Detroit back in 2016. Under the terms of that agreement, Gilchrist had six months to fix it up or he would be repossessed of the building by the authority. Pulled the contract. That's fact. Now, the abandoned building was still a wreck with no walls and no windows when Gilchrist was plucked to be Gretchen Whitmer's running mate two years later. Then they got elected, and somehow Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist was allowed to sell the property at an astronomical markup of 190 grand and pocket the money. He said he put about 220 into the property, but I got some video. It's real hard to see where that money went. Ain't no walls in the place. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Karen's pantomime in the pocket. I was saying in the hole. <laughs> right? Now, I want you, this, I'm going to give it to you. Consider the case of Detroit Fire Lieutenant Maurice Funches, who called me last week from the fire hall. Funches, a 27-year veteran of the department, hero. Also bought a land bank house back in late 2015, right around the time the deuce did it. He paid, Funches paid a handsome price of $2,900 with the same caveat that he fix and occupy the structure within six months. And he worked his butt off, he told me. But he didn't realize you can't fix an abandoned house that quickly. So Funches and his brother could be found at the Westside Tudor on most weekends, scraping and painting and hammering and laying tar shingles. Now I want you to
to juxtapose the image of the firefighter mm -hmm. with the image of the lieutenant governor who makes his living posing for photographs while dressed up in a hard hat and loafers pantomiming the patching of potholes. Remember that one? <laughs> yes. Man. Now, Funches told me I put $20,000 out of my retirement in the new year trying to get the thing done. The scrappers stole three new water heaters. Three. Couldn't you? The city ticketed Funches for blight. The land bank warned Funches multiple times about his lack of progress. It never ticketed Gilcrest, but it warned Gilcrest too. You weren't making it. Come on, dude. Time's running out. Then in 2017, the land bank took back the property from Funches. Took it back. They took it away and everything he'd put into it, the doorknobs, the kitchen sink, the hot water heater, the tiling, all $20,000 of improvement was pocketed by the authority, but not Gilchrist. He was allowed to keep his $190,000. Wow. Funches told me that's unreal, bro. There no record of the land bank before Gilchrist allowing people to sell it and pocket whatever mm -hmm. was left over. There was no agreement till then. Hmm. But that's not the end of Funches' story. It's not the end. Tell me more. You want more? Yes, I want more. Working through the city council, right? He got a second chance at the house. And late last year, they returned the title to him. The land bank returned the title to him. Now, he and his brother, during the winter, went back in worked on the plaster interior, they painted and they patched, and it was all moving along until calamity struck. Hmm. Funches was severely injured when a burning house on the east side collapsed on him and his crewmates. Funches ripped a bicep, thank God he lived, they all lived, but some were severely injured, burning house falling on you. And he was out for months on disability. Now disability, you don't get everything, right. you don't get your whole check. You definitely don't get overtime, right? Right. And you know how... Which First is responders live on the, they live yep. on the overtime. They buy the new truck. They right, so Funches found himself overextended, and he and his three children were forced to leave their Macomb County rental home because in Macomb County they don't play. Mm -hmm. You're out in two months. That's true. You don't pay. You out. So they're out. So now they're on the drift, bouncing between the car and the couches of sympathetic people. That's still not the end of the story. There's more. There's more. Tell me. Last week. Funches received a foreclosure notice on the same property from the Wayne County Treasurer now. It appears that when the land bank took possession of the house from him back in 17, it neglected to take care of the property taxes. Late fees have accrued and the taxes have now ballooned to over $4,000. Okay? Unbeknownst to Funches, the back taxes are his responsibility. And there's more to the story. He's got until the end of this month to scrounge up the money or to take in it again. Now, he told me, I'm just not that sophisticated of a man. I just want to fix up the house and move my family in there and to feel like the world's falling down around me. And with that, Lieutenant Funches had to excuse himself and hang up the phone because the alarm bell was bleeding in the background at the firehouse because somebody else's house was on fire. Wow. That's crazy, Charlie. Is that nuts? That is absolutely asinine. That's what it is. That makes absolutely no sense. None. Well, it does. To who? Doesn't it? Everybody knows the game now. 
Yeah. Everybody's angry at politics because this is the deal. You know, we've been working on that documentary for a couple of years about children mm -hmm. and gun violence and all of a sudden it's back again. Uh, it's done. It's quite good. And you good. remember our friend Jordan. Yep. I was, how was he doing? He's doing really well. He's, he's in college. Okay. Yeah, out in Denver. He's, yeah, I know he you know, left. He's working for a nonprofit now. Okay, you good. know, Yeah. Good. So good for him. And so here's a... Uh, this thing's going to premiere in October, and I just figured we take a little look at it and, Let's see. and see what we got. All right. It's called Kiss this the Babies. This city lost 244,000 people in 10 years. It left behind a city with the highest unemployment rate in the United States. It left behind the highest poverty rate, the highest murder rate. Washington, D.C. and Boston have populations almost the same size as ours. Okay, Every city in America does not live with this violence. Why are so many kids getting shot? It's really fear. And I always tell guys, fear and anger equal rage. Fear and anger equal rage. I grew up in the same environment. That's Ira Todd, the I chief interrogator for the Detroit police. Because there's a lot of violence already. Yes. What's the rage? The rage, What's the, the rage comes from the anger. You know, a lot of times you walk around and you see a guy, all of a sudden, he go bad. It's not just the fear that made him go bad. It's the anger. He's angry. Guess what? He can't get a job. You know, he's angry because you look over here and somebody's doing really well and they're getting all the benefits. And that's something like the heavy violence, the heavy murder, the drugs, that rage, all coincides with the leaving of these factories. Absolutely. Detroit is, is you know, it, it, we, we kind of just went through a down spiral where we didn't have much recreation, you know, even for the youth or, or even, even for adults, you know what I mean? Um, no jobs, uh, no opportunities. So it, it was just, you know, people relying on themselves. What, what, what can I do to provide for me and mine? So naturally, I want to meet somebody that hasn't been shot, that's trying to get through it, do the right things. Meet Jordan Ruffin L. At the time, 16 moves out of his mother's house because she can't afford him. He moves in with another teenager on the other side of town. He takes two buses to school and from school all by himself, getting through. What he says to me, this guy, this very young guy, this very talented guy, is there are flowers capable of growing in any corner in this country. They just need to be nurtured and they need to be watered. He's got everything we want in a young man. A lot of people within the city, you know, they'll go to like illegal things because that's basically what's, what's openly available within the city, you know? It's a saying, like if you, if you keep too many rats within the same live trap, they not talking about Tim, by the morning time, one of them be eaten by another one. So, in, in other words, less resources, less thoughtfulness. 
No jobs, no money for schools, no money for programs, no money for police. You know how many uh, kids have been shot since bankruptcy? How many kids in the last six years? How many? Over 500. That's crazy. You know, you know, percentage even get arrested? Less than 20. What really brought us here is the loss of the police force, the loss of police department, the loss of people caring about law enforcement. That's what really brought us here. It's the disrespect of law enforcement, how they minimize what we do, how we're set up to be the bad guy. We're the political pawns in all of this. Law enforcement officers and every cop go out there every single day and bust his ass to do something good. But we got a handful of officers trying to do the job where you need at least double the amount of officers out there. When I came on the job, it was 5,000 cops. You could not drive through a neighborhood without passing another scout cop. It was 5,000 of us. You had enough resources to really go out there and fight crime. Now we got about 2,000 cops. And what? think about it. 2,000 cops. 2,000 cops. 2,000 cops. And then not only that, they're making them work double shifts. So Detroit goes bankrupt. This is supposed to somehow improve children's lives. Do we get schools? Do we get programs? Do we get after-school jobs? Do we get more police? Do we get crime solved? No. Another homie got smoked, but it's no surprise Everybody's tripping cause the boy was too young to die A sad sight to see my homie take his last breath Everybody's tripping cause they can't accept my homie's death Another killing was reported on the evening news Somebody's brother got killed behind a pair of shoes In the midst of all this shit, I think about myself Wondered when somebody's gonna try to take me off the shelf so I've become close to Jordan in the two years that I know him. His very best friend killed himself with a gun. And then I got a call around Christmas. His other very best friend looked at the dope man Ron at the liquor store and took it in the chest. And Bushwick can't sleep when everybody around me keeps falling six feet deep. There's an old saying, you're like walking lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you a target? Do you feel? <laughs> yeah, I have, man. I have. It's just, it's been like that almost since, yeah, almost since I can remember, you know? But not me being on my own and not being in the house all the time and, you know, having to make money and stuff by myself. Yeah, you know? When do you feel it? Like, when does the radar go off? When does the hair on your neck start to tell you, uh-oh. What, what do you do to avoid it? Basically, whenever you walk outside the house, radar on. I mean, it's like a lifestyle, though, if you think about it. Born in Detroit, you know, you know, you know about straight bullets, hit people, and just senselessness. I don't know, I look at it as a living. You know, there's a whole way of life where it's not like that. Yeah. You know, Charlie, I really hope people watch that with, and I learned this from you, about people seeing and hearing things through their individual and respective and sometimes tainted lenses. I really hope people will kind of clear off their lens and watch this objectively and try to walk away with a better understanding of what people live like that live differently than perhaps they do. And I think about Jordan 
when you talked about his radar being on. You remember you bought him a car, I bought him a laptop, and I took it over. I think I took him some stuff and pulled him in front of his house. Very short walkway, but when he comes out, he locks the door, he locks the screen, everything's locked up. I mean, you could just see it. And so when you walk past people on the street that live like that, they respond differently. You know, maybe they're not as friendly because their head is on swivel and they're thinking about surviving and, and not becoming a target. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. Um, and, and I really hope that people will, will look at it objectively. Uh, yeah. You know, I, what's the answer they say? I say, well, f- love your children and try to love someone else. Cause he's a good young man doing he really is. good things in life now. I mean, he like he's a flower and, and smart is just, I mean, just, he really, is. but you know what, Charlie, he's one of many. He's the one that you had a conversation with that you forged a connectivity with. There are hundreds or thousands of other young people, young black men, young black women that Millions. don't have, I mean, I'm just thinking here in term that, that don't have that connection, that um, opportunity to be able to show people who they really are, mm-hmm. who don't get mm-hmm. that nurturing and don't get that watering. And so what happens to a flower that's not water? It Withers. wilts and it dies. It sure does. So, well, listen, Karen and I, we are tired of being dogged by you people. Well, not you people, but those people. It's always those people who are those people. So why can't you do something positive? Where's all the good news? You know, I'm really wearing me out. So we have a new segment we are launching this holiday season called What's Good in the News? News, news. Oh, God damn. We'll fix that in post. We should have pre taped that. That's, that's what we got. <laughs> we tried. All right, baby Jesus. That was this minute. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom in Boston. We, we put him on. We're taking care of him. He's a good boy. All right, let's get right to the good news. Let's hit it. Good news around the world. And we start in the Gaza Strip. Look at that. Beautiful. Turn that up. Let me hit it. Oh, it's a party in the Gaza Strip. Look at the beaches. Blue, pristine, Mediterranean Sea. It's the first time in decades, decades, that people could swim in it because... They were flushing raw sewage out there. They couldn't get any cement for the water treatment plant. Apparently, the Israelis think there's something to do with military, you know. It looks nice. Uses of cement, but now they got one. And now, look, just a little more than half of the beaches you can swim in. Good news. Now, let's hope soon we're going to have an end to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. But in the meantime, we got a beach. Well, let's just keep it happy. Good news. (laughs) We've got more good news from downtown Detroit. <laughs> well, there it is, the Phantom Skyscraper. Yes, it was five years ago this week that Dan Gilbert and Mike Duggan broke ground on the new Hudson Skyscraper project. They promised, in exchange for hundreds of millions of public tax breaks, we would get the tallest, best, hugest building in Michigan that would transform downtown Detroit. So far, we don't got very many stories and no walls and a couple windows, but keep reaching for the stars, Dan. <laughs> Happy birthday to your skyscraper. <laughs> birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, skyscraper. <laughs> How tall are you? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> What's full of 
All right. <laughs> That's lots of good we news. We got a baby skyscraper. <laughs> When's that getting done, Karen? When? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. There's nobody downtown. And I mean, I know when there are events and everything down there, but I've driven downtown like at lunchtime and just in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. There, there's nobody downtown. What, you the know what? This is a positive segment. The parking's <laughs> oh. plentiful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. So come on right. down. Plenty of parking. <laughs> or you can go into one of Dan's parking garages that we're paying for. It's awesome. Now, let's go on to the next one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jason Carr, the morning personality on Channel 4, was fired last week for shit-talking about his colleagues while on the air or pre-on the air. We're not sure, right? He called them terrible human beings. I'm not sure it was on the air, but we've got the internal video feed. Let's roll that tape. I will say this. I'm I'm, going to get a little bit real here for a second. And I pull no punches, and I I offer no apologies. There's somebody that used to work here and no longer does. Right. No secret at all that this person I, uh, oil and water, did not care for one another in the slightest. In fact, I uh, pretty much one of the worst human beings I, I feel like I've ever met in my life. I would see you talking to this person and be like, I wanted to like rescue you like, or, or, or like somehow take you aside and go, he's not worth your breath he's not worth your time right that's not my i mean that's you know that's between you and the universe right, right. you know right i can't control you can't control him right right, right. i feel it and i know <laughs> i i know I have never liked anybody less in my entire human life on this planet in 52 years than our recently departed co-worker. Right, right. And when I say recently departed, I mean he no longer works here. Yeah. <laughs> I should move on because I, I, I could say some stuff. Anyway. Uh, oh, he's not the only one that no longer works there. Oh, oh my. Okay. Um, okay, what's positive about this? i tell you what's positive. Jason has not been heard of or from since, but never fear. A petition is circulating to have Jason reinstated onto the morning program. A petition. How many, how many people have signed the petition, Mark? Uh, let's see. Right now, we're up to 228. 228. And here's what's positive. That's more signatures than people who actually watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> So this could be a career maker, not a career breaker. And well, I mean, he's never been hotter right now, right? I mean, everybody's talking about him. Uh, His name's out there. I mean, he's trending, and yeah. I mean, he wouldn't waste a breath. I mean, no talking about breath. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I shoot it! I shoot it! I shoot it! It's the most. Oh, no. Oh, shit. 
All right, we got new staff. <laughs> well. We got Sag Nasty Santa over here. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. God. He seems angry. <laughs> he is. It's a tough time of the season for him, Cam. Hey, Santa, you've been, uh, you, you, you visited a baby Jesus's house. Oh, Kim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, how's your mom? <laughs> she doesn't call me Santa no more. She calls me Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, he's really relevant. Tell your mom I got a present for her this year. Yeah, <laughs> been naughty. We have some, oh my god! Do you come down her chimney, Santa? Oh, more than that. <laughs> oh, you're nasty. Oh, Santa. Kids are going to be traumatized. You want to say hello to Rick? Rick? Oh, yeah. Daddy? <laughs> Wait, <what>? Little Daddy? <laughs> Not Big Papa. <laughs> Well, all right, have a drink, Santa. I think I'm going to eat me a Coney. What? Yeah, look at this. You never leave home without it. Huh? Oh look at this. That's six inches of beauty right there. Ah. He's eating his beard. Mm. Oh, God, it's driven all over. Is he going to move or is he going to be in front of me for the whole show? Yeah, he's not moving now. <laughs> we got him off a of six mile. Which you you should have left him. <laughs> what you bringing me, Santa? What are you bringing me? Oh, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's hard to talk with a wiener in your mouth. Don't we have something newsy to talk about? Well, I want to, before we talk about <clears throat> that, I want to tell you if you can't afford a present this year, you haven't been talking to Luke Nowacki, Mm. right? Strategy for the long-term invest. Santa, where do you get your insurance? Ah, Legacy. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to get life insurance next week? Yes. While you're down in Florida? Yes. You're going to be in Florida for Christmas? Where I'm going to be. Shouldn't you be working? No. All the kids shitting and pissing on my lap. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, listen. Well, here's what I need you to do, Santa. Um, let's make sure you know his, his mom. Oh, Kim, she'll call. She calls me all the time. <laughs> there you go. Hall Finance, our good friends at Hall she Finance. She dialed 1-800-DADDY. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's mumbling. We don't know. It's great. <laughs> Santa, bring us some honest politicians. Honest. So they'll ask me for amnesty for Christmas. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to wrap that up. You know, Santa, bring me some some roads in a school. I was going to say, Charlie, you've got Santa and Jesus here. If you can't get it, I don't think it's it's possible. Hey, speaking of getting in house, Kim. (laughs) We have a dirty Santa. I'm happy. I got a couple texts. Sorry, Kim. (laughs) Your secret's safe with me. voice yeah, to be but, heard at somebody else's expense. But who expense. wants to hear it? No one. That's why yeah. God never answers your prayers, because he ain't listening to you. <laughs> I am. <laughs> they track, they can't track his jet, but you little bastards track my sleigh. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, Talking Santa's about pressure. <laughs> Santa's angry. Santa, are they doxing you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The North well, Pole, huh? We know where you live. Right. Where you live? I ain't fucking telling you. Boca Raton? Six Mile? Six Mile. I uh, was on Six Mile. Till the cops told you to move your van? No, till you picked me up and brought me here. (laughs) Kidnapping. Santa napping.
You all right, Matt? I'm, I'm good. Let me check your pulse yeah. here. Look at that beard. It's all messy. No, check between my legs. That's where my real pulse is. The fuck are you sweating, Grady? My balls are sweating. <laughs> the suit's hot. Well, if that's what Santa looks like, fuck that. Stay away from my house. I don't answer the door. <laughs> Thank you, sicko Santa. Ernie Yaskovitz, don't forget, XG Group. He also does Santa appearances. Clown, clown work. <laughs> He'll do anything. He's a great guy. It's striptease. Yeah, well, I don't want him to do that. It's happy holidays, everybody. We'll see you next week. We'll be right back.